It's another Manly Monday, and we're going to talk Creed 3 this Manly Monday. Um, some of you may know I'm a huge Rocky fan. The Rocky films are, like, my favorite series ever now that Star Wars has completely shit the bed. Um, and, I mean, there there was there were some tense moments in the Rocky franchise. There were some not great movies in the middle there. But uh, as of Rocky Balboa, it sort of you know, rose like a phoenix, and now we've got three Creed films on top of it. So I was, I, I decided, I watched it over the weekend, and I decided to talk about it from a perspective of uh, what it what it says about the about men's experiences um, other than, <laughs> okay, yes, I couldn't help but sometimes think it was Killmonger and Kang fighting with, Valkyrie, you know, in the audience. But that's what happens when every actor in Hollywood is in a Marvel movie somehow, right? But it kind of works. It kind of works when when you uh, get into the motivations of these characters. So uh, I'll do the help support this channel and, and then we'll get into it, okay? Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Patrons do get access to... Behind the scenes, you help shape this channel, all that good stuff. Or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it. Coffee.com slash Leanna K. Memberships are available. You can pledge monthly instead of a one-time thing if you go to the membership tab on uh, Coffee. Uh, so, Creed 3. Uh, it's a smaller movie than the than the last two Um and if if you if you don't want spoilers, if you're planning on seeing it, uh, I'll do a brief, I'll do a quick brief review, and then you come back and watch the rest of it when uh, when you're done. That I overall enjoyed it. It like I said, it is a smaller movie. It was definitely impacted by Sylvester Stallone deciding not to come back. Uh, mixed reasons why. One story is that he's still pissed off at the people who hold the rights to Rocky. Um, but he also said in an interview that he found the subject matter too dark for, uh, for his tastes, which I thought was interesting because they go some dark places in, in previous Rocky movies, but to each their own, right? Um, it does really laser focus on the characters of Adonis Creed that's played by Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger, and, uh, um, a character named uh, Damien or Dame Anderson that's played by Jonathan Majors who oh my god you know I, I hope that all that stuff with the assault charge uh, I hope that is just a mistake because dude is phenomenal you know it's it's clearly him but he's like a completely different person there, there are times that it slips and you sort of see Kang in his face, but otherwise he's in a completely different headspace. Um, and they were, they were residents of the same group home back in the day. Jonathan Major's character gets out of jail at the beginning of the film. Yeah, kind of cliche, but um, it, it's sort of a chapter from before the first Creed movie starts coming back into it. And they strip a lot 
of other side plots that you normally see in Rocky and Creed films out of it to really focus on those two because it's it's a theme relating to the shared trauma and the different paths their lives took. And this is where we get into all the the themes about Rocky, primarily the, you know, the, the catchphrase, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit and still get up again. Um, you know, that's really central to the philosophy of Rocky. Wouldn't that be a great book? The philosophy of Rocky. Um, of course, the difference between Rocky and Adonis Creed, son of Apollo Creed, um, is that uh, Rocky is simple. And so in some ways, certain things are easier for him to process because, he, you know, he's got that sort of layman's wisdom, but you know, he ain't that smart, you know? Um, whereas Adonis Creed is very smart. And I think they really dig into this. Michael B. Jordan directed Creed III. Uh, maybe that's why it was a bit smaller. I mean, it, it, it felt like it had a very small budget. Um, you know, there, there were no really, there was one, you know, uh, stadium scene but it it wasn't uh a uh you know one of the big fancy like vegas boxing things it was at a baseball diamond in um i don't know i don't think they even said where it was from but uh that that's sort of just i enjoyed it it's probably the weakest of the three but the other two were so good to me um, that it's, uh, that, that's, you know, that's no slight against it. Um, and, uh, if you haven't seen the Rocky movies, watch Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, yeah, I like Rocky 4, but that's when the quality started to slide a little bit, um, Skip everything until Rocky Balboa. Watch Rocky Balboa, then watch the Creed movies. Uh, you don't have to. They do sort of, if if you want to watch nothing else, watch the original Rocky, Rocky Balboa, then the Creed movies. Um, but I think um, they're all worth watching, except for perhaps, was it Rocky Five? It was absolutely terrible. Anyway, um... So at the core of Creed 3, and this is when we'll get a little spoilery, but I'll go easy. This is more thematic. So it it might be a primer. So watch the movie. It's like, oh, this is what this means. Okay, yeah. Because um, there are some parts that I think some people are going to go, well, that happened too quick. That was too easy. And I have a theory about that. I don't think it was a mistake. It was just, if you haven't been through it, you don't know it kind of thing regarding trauma. Um, and you all know, you know, my history with that. By the way, workshop, stop beating yourself up. April 29th, 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Tickets, description box, only 10 bucks, two for one. All that good stuff. Um, but yeah, not beating yourself up, literally. 
boxing movie. Yeah. Um, this one had a PG rating too. So, I mean, the, the boxing makeup wasn't as brutal as the previous ones. Um, that was probably deliberate too. Um, but, uh, it it is a movie about trauma specifically the trauma that affects young poor black men that starts early in life and why is that so specific well it's its own thing um the particular way the intersection of race and poverty affects young black men and then I mean they did a little bit with black women in this movie it was real subtle because they wanted to focus on the, the the two you know Killmonger and Kang um and I suspect they're they're hinting that they're gonna get into more of that um in the next one that they said is definitely happening they always say that, you know, I, I don't know how this one did, but like I said, it wasn't very expensive, so it didn't have to do much. Um, the women in Rocky films are always different than you normally see in um, uh, Hollywood movies. And after the issues I'm having with Star Wars lately, I so needed a real looking woman on screen. I, I give credit to Tessa Thompson doing a movie like this because you see how much they digitally refine her in shows like Westworld um, and uh, uh, Thor. And I mean, those movies, okay, she's supposed to be a damn Valkyrie in Thor, right? And in Westworld, she's supposed to be like a friggin' robot. All right those make sense, right? And I, I, it's a testament to her as an actress and a person that she's like, okay, I'm going to do that and they're going to do what they want. That's the gig, but I'm going to do other movies where I look like a human. And her character's always been cool. You know, she's really bohemian. She's a musician. She had a, uh, uh, a, um, degenerative like hearing loss condition from the beginning uh there's a ton of ALS in in especially this movie uh because they've got a um this is not a spoiler this is in in the the promotion for this um but uh, they've got a daughter who who uses ALS American Sign Language um it's a it's a cool little subplot they don't do too much with it the kid's not too precocious. I liked it. Uh, but her character is this foil, um, almost like when Mary Jane's used well in Spider-Man stories, as opposed to when she's used not well. And when Mary Jane's used not well, it's terrible. When she's used well, it's awesome. So she's, you know, there's always some moment where she, in each Creed film where she doesn't scream at him or anything like that, but she tells him like, own your damn shit, man. Very quietly and not in a mean way. Um, and this movie's no different. Um, 
because the whole, remember I said the whole theme is, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep getting back up again. Um, the Rocky movies and the Creed movies are essentially stories of resilience about going the distance, right? It's not, they don't win in every movie. There's some moral victory. There's a bit of a twist on that one in, in this one, and I'm not sure if it was deliberate, but it's a very lean story. And I think part of it is that the whole um, guy gets out of jail, comes back, old, you know, old hurts, you know, darkness from the past resurface. We get it. They don't have to belabor it too much. Um, instead, they focus on the different um, approaches to handling it. And, and Creed gets pretty wrecked. It, the first truth about trauma is that you can think something's behind you and then something happens and it all comes back again. And you got to figure it out all over again. Now, no, it, it doesn't take the years that time that it, um, it did the first time. But, you know, you got to go, okay, I'm not okay. I need to own this. I need to figure this out. And we talk about resilience, the ability to get hit hard and get back up as if it's something innate, but it's learned. It's a collection of habits. It's a collection of um, thought processes that people, when they have healthy, safe childhoods, learn from the people who raise them, right? When you don't, you have to learn them as an adult and it's harder. Um, and, you know, Adonis Creed, his backstory has always been that he was the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed. Um, but unlike in Game of Thrones, where the women will never accept, you know, the bastard son, uh, Apollo Creed's widow, played by Felicia Rashad, uh, actually goes, it's not your fault. Come on in, kid. Um, and it's a it's a cool family of choice dynamic um, that that uh, gets rockied as the story goes on. Um, but that, you know, learning resilience does come from the people around you. It's not just about what you tell yourself. It's about the messages you receive from the people around you. And the juxtaposition that they do in the film between Adonis Creed, Killmonger, he's like the anti-Killmonger, right? Because he has people in this. And it's not, it's not just the gym and the hangers-on or the people that are hanging around him because he has money. It's his family and it's his longtime coach. Um, and, you know, he has people who legitimately care about him who will tell him when he's fucking up. Not in a cruel way, but they'll tell him when he's clearly not okay. And that's a big part of resilience, right? 
And I think especially for men, just because men are not encouraged by society to develop relationships like that. Um, your wife, your girlfriend cannot be the only one in your life because, of course, as they show in, in the movie, she's the first one a man pushes away when he starts struggling like this. And you can't push your way back in. You just get a blow up if you do. And uh, that was hard to watch, but it was it was well done. And it, it wasn't belabored. It wasn't overdone. It was just enough. OK, we get the point, which I was I was grateful for. It was refreshing that they did just enough to make the point and not wallowed in it. Um, and I, I definitely think that is a result of it being not just um, black actors, but. Um, a black director, who's one of the actors, uh, but Ryan Coogler and his, um, is it his brother, Keenan? Um, he did the script. Ryan Coogler did the story. Um, it, it was definitely done with, like, from that point of view, that frame and that audience, um, and because there's so much intergenerational trauma in that um, in that section, I hate community because the problem is there ain't one. But, you know, there's so much there that unlike, you know, like the HBO dramas and, and even some of the Marvel shit and Star Wars with fucking Kylo Ren. Um, they just wallow in it and he's deep because he's angry and tortured and you don't get to do that as a black man in America because you go to jail, right? You, you slip up once, you go to jail. And so it isn't rolling around in the misery and the anger and all that stuff, which again, I find fucking refreshing. Um... And so the fact that they, they have this one scene with the first fight that Damien uh, Kang <laughs> does. Uh, Dame is his character's name in this. Jonathan Majors. He's absolutely alone. You know, he's got the bare minimum crew in, in the locker room. And he doesn't have a big entrance and he's totally alone. You feel the isolation, right? And then later on, as he starts to kind of rise in his career, you see all the hangers on, you know, the entourage, but he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any people he'll listen to. And it's interesting because he, his origin story, so to speak, is much more similar to Rocky's than Adonis Creed's is because, you know, Rocky didn't have a famous father. He didn't have connections that way. He didn't have a name. Um, but Rocky had people. They were very flawed people. But, you know, he had Mickey and, and Polly. I mean, Polly was an absolute fuck up, but he, he still cared in his own way. Uh, and Adrian. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So he had people. And even though 
you know, he starts as a debt collector for, you know, the inferences as mobsters. In the first movie, he can go legit because uh, he has people. Dame doesn't have any people. And between that and, you know, really subtle references to the fact that he fought a lot in prison too. Little lines like, you know, got a few years tacked on. Um, obviously, you know, he was not a model prisoner. But it all goes back to this event when they were in a group home together. And um, the, the ensuing kind of cycle of violence that led to Dame ending up in prison. And then he gets out. And then, you know, you get into... There's... And all this stuff's really subtle. The movie doesn't lay it out for you. And I think because for the intended audience, you don't have to. But then, you know, you get people going, well, don't they want to broaden it? They could have. But if people just want to see a boxing movie where Killmonger fights Kang, do you really need it? No. It's a couple of good performances. But, you know... Dame, Jonathan Major's character, thinks that achievement, winning, winning the championship, winning the belt, that's going to make everything okay, right? Of course, achievement doesn't heal trauma. Healing heals trauma. And the, the interesting thing is, is the big moment, the, you know, get hit, get back up moment, it's not explained. Very little in this movie is explained, but I liked it because it was just sort of, why do we keep getting back up when life knocks us down? What choice do we have, right? Like, people can say, people can have the whole, oh, I heard a voice, you know, the voice of my dead father came to me. That's not what happens in the movie. Um, but, you know, it came to me and I saw an angel, blah, 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 blah. That's just your brain playing tricks on you to get the fuck up off the mat. Ultimately, it is just a choice to keep going, you know. And resilience is this weird thing, you know, as somebody who was not raised with ideal conditions for it, shall we say, and somebody who had to learn it the hard way. Um, it, it has made a big difference that I have people that I know aren't going to turn their back on me on bad days and, you know, goes both ways. Um, that's really important because, you know, constantly feeling like, you have to be perfect or everybody's going to abandon you. That, that's the opposite of resilience. Um, and that's one of those things with trauma. Healing is not... This is where words fail. Healing is simple. That doesn't make it easy. Right? 
it's self-compassion and kindness and hope. That's why I said it's simple, not easy. Um, but it's once you sort of get it down and once you know your process, it gets easier being okay with not feeling okay. Um, being able to admit disappointments, being able to admit things you didn't go your way, but being able to see other good things in your life that you can focus on and develop that way. Uh, one of the things I do with, um, uh, one-on-one clients, Lana cares clients, um, is find something they know they're good at or find something that they can say they like about themselves and we develop from that. And that can take a few weeks just on its own because some people are so low that they're like, I don't like anything about myself. And that's where we start, right? Because once you have that one thing that someone says, yeah, that's good about me. That gives them value as a person and not not just a producer, not just a worker, not just a fighter, you know, not just a high score. I mean, you know, that idea of gaming and achievement. It's like, yeah, I did that when I was younger, getting, you know, the high score on the local Pac-Man or missile command machine. Um, that made me feel good for a little bit. It didn't make me feel good for long because achievement doesn't create that resilience because you beat yourself up so badly seeking that achievement that eventually it starts becoming diminishing returns and then you end up getting in your own way. Um, and we don't know completely why some people struggle with trauma more than others. Um, we do know that adverse childhood experiences, poverty, isolation, um, that kind of stuff, that don't help, right? And I, I do think that that's, trauma does rewire the brain, but those skills, that part we can control, the examples of resilience, that's what's denied you when you, you, you come up that way. I lived it, right? Uh, when you grow up in violence, right? When you don't have good examples of how to be an adult, how to be a person, how to be a man, how to be a woman, um, that doesn't set you up ideally. Um, and I, I say, it's a lack of a good example, not, you know, there's this whole thing about fathers and father figures and a bad father is worse than no father and other people who care about you because a bad father actively models bad behaviors um, that people pick up and then they have to unlearn. Uh, and I know people are going to fight me on that, but I, I stand by that. You, you can be okay if you grew up without a dad. And so many people, I think, who had terrible fathers would much prefer that they grew up in a single parent family. Uh, the grass is always greener, right? Some people grow up in a stable two-parent home, but they're not nurtured. 
they're they're neglected because parents are more interested in stuff. They think that's going to lead to happiness and it doesn't. So it it's that it's those examples, right? Because if your parents are constantly stressed out and and not being honest about how they feel, not not showing a kid via an example how to get over hard times, kids feel like they have to be perfect because their parents never make mistakes, right? Because the parents hide it from them and then they're bundles of anxiety by the time they hit 23. So, and, and that's where sort of the role of women in the Creed movies I find so, so specific. It follows that tradition of uh, Talia Shire, Adrian, in, in Rocky, um, in that they have this sort of quiet wisdom about it. But um, Bianca, I think that's Tessa Thompson's character's name, yeah, and um, uh, Mama Creed, uh, Felicia Rashad's character, they, ha they, they have to use their words more. Um, because they got their own shit going on and that's that, you know, Mary Jane Watson used well bit that he's so up his own ass for most of it that he misses her struggling. And instead of it being, you know, this big dramatic thing, she handles it. And it's like, yes, I feel seen. It's a beautiful moment. Bless Tessa Thompson. Um, but the fact that Adonis Creed chose her, falls in love with her and not, you know, and doesn't ditch her, you know, doesn't cheat on her the way his father did. That says something about him. And that's that core that comes through and the the resilience, the moral victory, the going the distance, the dealing with loss, all that stuff that is themes of Rocky. Uh, the way the Creed films have pivoted from like working class Italian in, you know, an industry town in the 70s, going to the 80s, um, you know, they've pivoted to the American black experience. Uh, the changes they've made have been really good while still keeping the DNA of the themes alive. And it's cool. We keep seeing, you know, the cycles, the same problems, the same rivalries, all this stuff. But we see Adonis do it in a different way than Rocky did because he ain't Rocky. He's got to do it his own way. And... It's still a story of finding a way when life doesn't work out the way you want. Um, but the solutions are very different. The outcomes are very different. And I do think that even though it's a movie about guys beating themselves bloody, every freaking Rocky slash Creed movie is kind of like a warm hug, which is why I love them. And they show that you know, men can be tough, um, but they can't be alone. People need people. And, you know, there's nobody tougher than a boxer, right? And, and for it to model that 
that you don't have to win all the time. You don't, you know, you don't have to beat someone down all the time. It's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you get hit and keep getting back up again. That's how you win. Um, It's just fantastic. It's such a good bad day, bad month, bad year series of films. So if you haven't seen uh, Rocky and Creed, I highly recommend them. But I I do think they're really good um, examples of, you know, flawed people that aren't toxic people, uh, as overused as the term is. They're, they they rank up there with the Yakuza games um, for uh, in that way. And, and there is sort of a, there's definite similarities between, you know, Kiryu and Rocky and, and Majima and Apollo Creed. Um, and yes, Apollo Creed is, um, oh, I always forget his character's name. Carl Weathers from The Mandalorian, best Grogu director there. Uh, Grief something? Karga? I think that's his name. Um, anyway, I'll talk about Star Wars on Wednesday. I'm going to leave it happy for this one. So Creed 3, I liked it. Simple, very much, you know, very deliberately. Um, story of two guys with a lot of other stuff cut away. I think they had to go that direction because no Sylvester Stallone, but they made it work just, but they made it work. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Help shape this channel via Patreon. Uh, or buy a one-time Leanna Care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it. Coffee.com slash Leanna K. Memberships as well. Monthly. One session, two sessions a month. You can do it via the membership tab on Coffee.com. Thanks for watching. Manly Mondays.